Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you are there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Get your Bibles or your devices and go to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4. Mark, chapter 4. Verses 3 to 5 through 41. Mark chapter 4, verses 3 to 5 through 41. And if we get time, we may go to chapter 5, first two verses. Hallelujah. But it reads, On the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, let's cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat he, as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling was in the stern asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we perish you? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them,
On the same day, evening had come, and he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Let us, and you may be seated, I'm sorry, cross over to the other side. After teaching all day and imparting wisdom to the multitude, and evening had come, Jesus said, Let us go to the other side. And there's some significance in there because he didn't say, let me go to the other side. He didn't say, let you go to the other side. He said, let us go to the other side. Because Jesus very seldom wasted time and, and words, we can assume that by him saying, let us go to the other side, it was something of importance. Otherwise, he wouldn't have said it. So they were on the shore where he had just finished ministry. And that shore that they were on, it represents what is. It represents what is, which is the sum total of your life. All your past history to this present moment, to the disciples' present moment, And when he said, let's go to the other side, let us go to the other side, represents what will be. So God wants to take you from what is to what will be. And some people are satisfied with being right here on the shore of what is. Now, if what is is the end of the story, then there's no need to go any further. We might as well stay here. But this is not the end of the story. This is not the end. So they launched out anyway. They launched out from what is going to what's going to be. And the fact that Jesus said, let's go over to the other side, means where they are, the disciples, was not where he wanted them to be. And ultimately, we are not where he wants us to be. So I surmise then that what will be is the destiny and purpose of our lives. But it has not been revealed yet. The disciples and God and Jesus were on a geological but they are also on a journey of destiny. Say destiny. They were crossing a lake. Now, a lake is a body of water surrounded by land, and I'll, you'll see why I'm telling you this in a few minutes. And the size of the lake is fixed. You can't change it unless you, destruction comes. And the boundary is already determined. And it, distance is set. So you must realize the distance where you are now from what is to what is going to be is where God wants you to focus on. The children of Israel had a set distance from the uh, slavery to captivity to the promised land. But what happened was the reason they had a problem was because they let the enemy get in and mess with their time. See, the enemy can't do anything but mess with your time. He knows he can't change your distance. 
He, he knows that. So the only thing he can operate in the time element. So he comes against you in your time to get you so you won't get to the place where God would have you to be. And destiny itself requires you to be on time. It requires you to be in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. In the right place at the right time doing the right, right thing. And if we hadn't let the enemy come in, so many of you could have been further down the road than where you are now if the enemy didn't come and mess with your time. Destiny requires you to be on time. I need you to get that. It requires you to be on time. Now, that what Satan can stop, he can't stop the will of God. He can delay you. He can say, I can stop you from being what God would have you to be. But every day I keep you from getting there will be a day that you will not be blessed and someone else will not be blessed. So the enemy is always working. He's always working day and night to keep you from getting to the promised land, trying to delay you from getting to the promised land. He wants to stop you from moving from what is to what will be because he knows, he knows that what will be will blow your mind. Once you get there, it will blow your mind. So he keeps on messing. He keeps on messing. He keeps on messing because he don't want the, you to see the things that eyes have not seen or ears have not heard or the good things the Father has for those who walk upright. You've got something in front of you that's so awesome that he don't want you to get there. The enemy spends day and night trying to stop you from getting there. He wants to stop you from getting through what is to what will be. Now, in the text today, the disciples launch out in a boat to get to the other side. And you know they could have swam. Somebody said, why didn't they swim? Well, see, Jesus, in his infinite wisdom, knew that if they all took out swimming... Some of them might have gotten tired and drowned. Some of them would have probably uh, got a cramp or some of them would have got discouraged. So he decided it's not good for them to be a long ranger. Right. Just flag out on their own. Because sometimes those who get uh, injured or tired or they get hurt, they get exhausted, they need to go as a group so somebody could encourage the one that got discouraged. Yeah. Somebody could help the one that didn't Seemed like he could make it all the way. His, his, his stamina ran out and he started getting weak. And that's the reason he had to go with the group. He, he could have gone, but he shouldn't go because there'll been nobody there. Now, you can be a long range if you want to. Go out here on your own. See if you can make it. And then you get beat up. And when those times come that you get beat up, See, let me, that, that's the reason you're in Fellowship Church. Because when you get disgusted, there's going to be a time when something's going to happen that's going to get in your spirit and you're going to seem like it ain't going to work. But in Fellowship Church, you can look to your right and you can look to your left and somebody's going to say, baby, you can make it. So the praise team's going to sing a song that's going to remind you that you can make it. But you out there as a long ranger, you better get yourself back here as quick as you can. You may be busted 
just disappointed. You may be crippled. You may not be able to walk. You're just dragging that foot around. But you better get back here as quick as you can because there's somebody here that can give you a word to help you move on. So don't go out as a lone ranger. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, he also recognized that the mode and transportation they were to do, they would get there, they needed to have a vessel that's operated by a skilled pilot. He didn't give them any vessel. He was there. That vessel was a seaworthy vessel. He wanted to make sure that it was somebody operating that vessel that knew what they were doing. All the fishermen were knew what they were doing. Even sometime when I was reading the scripture, I thought it says, and they took him as he was. Wait a minute. They took Jesus? And sometimes that's our problem. We try to take Jesus. He's telling us what we need to do, and we are taking him to where we think he wants right. us to go. So he entrusts his, he entrusts his church to a skilled, skilled captain. And at Fellowship Church, he's entrusted this church to Pastor Tony. And he's not up here just to be up here. He's been appointed and anointed by God to help us get to our destination. It's just not by accident that it's here. He is here to help us get to our destination. So God has entrusted his church to a skilled captain. And sometimes our reserves run out. <clears throat> and sometimes you just need somebody to grab you by the hand and pull you a little further. And that's why he created the church. Now, as we go back to the text, the boat actually is a metaphor for the church. They crossed over on the other side in the boat. So God provided us with a vehicle to get from what is to what is to be. And that is called the church. And it is guided by the skilled individual in Pastor Tony. Yes. Like I said, he's here to help you get to your destiny. So God loved the church so much <clears throat> that he wouldn't put it in anybody's hands. He needed somebody that was skilled, that would listen, that was honorable, that would help you get to where you needed to be. And we're going to get there. Satan, I bang you. Okay. So, so we're going to get there because he put a skilled captain over our ship. Now, I don't know about you. But I love my church. Yes. I love my church. And when I think about what is going to happen under the leadership of the pastor, I get excited. 
I mean, what is is good. That's the sum total of your life and everything, and you're at this point. That's good, but what, what will be is waiting. God's got more for us. How many of you know this is not the end? This is not the end. But God's not finished with you. He's not finished with you. God has made ways out of no ways. When you didn't think you were going to make it. But you got to understand that God is still not finished with you. He's still not let, finished letting you know who he really is. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, don't, don't, don't give up yet. Don't close the book on the story of your life. God is not through yet. He's not through yet. He's going to finish what he started. So the disciples launched out to move to the other side. Now, uh, one thing the lake represents in all that separate is all that separates us, us from destiny. There is something between what is and what will be. And that's the lake. To get to what is, we will have to cross the lake. So they are on a journey to destiny. The lake, the lake is made up of water. And prophetically, the, the lake, the water stands for truth. <laughs> so in between what is and what will be is a whole lot of truth that, the, that has to be dealt with. There are a lot of people in church who keep trying to avoid the truth. You keep trying to avoid the truth of your life, but it's got to be dealt with. So they had to cross the lake and go through the truth to expose who they were. Let me give you an example. Sometimes we think we are stronger than we are. And if the test goes and the, we go through the test, we are really exposed to ourselves. Right. It is not exposed to defeat you. It is exposed to use you to cause you to run a little harder, to seek God a little bit more. So they had to go through the lake because the lake was a place of revelation where what could be revealed would be the truth of their, the disciples' lives. The Bible also says about water, we are sanctified by the washing of the water of the word. So to get through destiny, the disciples had to face the truth. And truth can be hard to accept. I can hear the truth about you all day long. I don't care how bad it is. Yeah, I listen to you all day long. But I don't want to hear the truth about myself. I don't want to hear the truth about myself. But the reality, the truth will set you free. And sometimes we have to hear the truth and face the truth Amen. to get free from that which hold us in bondage. Amen. We are going to achieve our destiny if we just be honest with ourselves. Yes. Even when pastor's up here preaching a sermon and it makes you live a little more holy and steps on your toes, yes. sometimes the easiest thing to do is get a ping pong paddle and swat it to somebody else. I don't want that. That's not for me. I'll put it over there. But you got to understand he's speaking that to you because he's trying to help you get to your destination. He's trying to get you to the other side. And so you, uh, God allowed uh, you to be challenged in all these things, but you got to let that word work in you so God can make the changes in your life he needs to make. 
when you start on a journey to destiny, you've got to understand that the devil, listen to me, the devil won't, don't want you operating in your destiny because you will be a problem for him. The devil don't want you operating in, his, in your destiny because you will be a problem for him. He don't want you operating in your destiny because you'll be a problem for him. Arm, anointed, a danger. So whenever you make up your mind that you're going to follow Jesus and walk in your destiny, look out. When you decide you're going to follow Jesus, look out. Because the devil is going to loose everything that he's got for you. He's trying to stop you from reaching your destiny. No matter what he does, you have to understand the distance over to your lake is already fixed. The lake is a distance that's fixed and you allow God to lead you, you will get there quickly. The devil will set a plan to stop you targeting what you fear the most. And in the text, the lake also represents residuals of our past. Residuals of our past. The devil attacks you based on the past to stop your future. Right. Hear what I said. He taxed you on the basis of your past to stop your future. He's not concerned about your past. Even though he condemns you, he talks about you, he brings it up to Jesus, he brings it up to God, he don't care about your past, he's only bringing up your past because he can keep you focused on the past, you will never reach your destiny because you're focusing on the past. So he's just going to keep on bringing it up, so used to do, used to do, used to do. But when he says you used to do this, you know what you ought to do? You ought to stand flat footed and look at the devil and tell him, yeah, those are the things I used to do, but I don't do that anymore because I've been spending time with Jesus. I've been at the feet of Jesus, and I've been learning the things that he wants me to do. So when he comes back and said you used to do, I don't do that anymore. He can't do no more. He can do no more than God allows him to do. So sometimes when those storms come in your life, it's because God allowed them. It's not necessary the devil did it. Sometimes God would allow it. And if he did allow it, it's for you to learn from your mistake. He wants you to deal with your past. Deal with your past because fear will reside in your past. And what you need to realize about fear and your past, fear will reside in your past. And it will take root in your past, and it will grow, and it will grow, and it will grow. And that's because that's the reason it has to be dealt with. Fear will cause you to have low self-esteem. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. But, but, but you're not good enough. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. Let me get it through. You're not good enough. So stop worrying about But the Christ in you. The Christ in you will give you the victory. I'm not good enough to be up here preaching, but God said that I need to do it, and I'm going to do it. Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And God is able. He is able. Fear will cease and make you stop. But remember, the devil can do only what God allows him to do. He can slow you down, but he can't stop you. He can't stop you, but get this. I was reading my Bible one day. You ought to read it sometime. But God, the Bible said, God, listen, he's trying to slow you down in fear. The Bible said, God did not give me a spirit of fear. So when the enemy comes up 
on your doorstep with a package marked fear and said, here, this is yours. You need to tell the devil you need to take that somewhere else because that's not mine. That belongs to somebody else. You need to move it on because it's not mine because God gave me the love and power and a sound mind and, and no other word. In other words, when he says you need to be afraid, go somewhere else. It belongs to somewhere else because I operate in a God faith who can do anything exceedingly, abundantly above all that I can think or imagine. Saints, you have to know who you are in God. I'm coming back. You have to know who you are in God. You're not who the devil said you are. You're not who Billy Bob and Sally Sue said you are. You're not who this person over here said you are. You are who God said you are. You can do great things in God. And let me tell you something now. When this church rises up and everybody recognizes who they are in God, Winston-Salem is going to be turned upside down. The house will be flooded with the manifested presence of Jesus. He's getting ready to come. He's setting the stage for his glory to be revealed. He set the stage in your life. You were down and you were out and you thought you weren't going to make it. But the master of the sea, he just walked in. So he's setting the stage because we know it's dark right now and it's getting darker. But the darker the better because the darker it is, the more powerful the light is when it shines. And you may be in the dark right now, but one day soon, that powerful light is going to shine in your life. You may be in the dark, but that powerful light is going to shine in your life. Don't worry about it. Don't care about it because God is going to shine that light in your life. Good God Almighty. Let me finish. I'm trying to get out of here. Hallelujah. God commands, let us go to the other side. Now, you must understand that fear is a lack of faith. You see, if I believe God for everything, I said, if I believe God for everything, then I fear Satan for nothing. There's nothing I fear. Because he's not just the God of salvation. He's not just the God of the Holy Ghost. He put food on your table. He put clothes on your back. He put a shelter over you. And every once in a while, he'll give you that, that two-step in your, in your spirit that, that makes you pick up your feet. And, and you're down. And, and even though you're going through and, and, and people are looking at you like you're crazy and you're doing your step, even though you're going through, because your faith says, I win. They can look at you all they want you. My faith says, I win. I know he's already working on it. I don't know what he's going to do, but my faith says I win. My faith says I win. My faith says I win. Good God Almighty, he said I win. He said I win. I don't have to worry about it because God, my big brother Jesus, is backing me up. Hallelujah. Good God Almighty. Good God Almighty. Now the disciples travel over. The late they, and while they were traveling over the lake, they encountered a storm, and they became afraid. And the storm was devised by Satan to stop their progress. 
But God allowed the storm to manifest or make evidence to their human eyes, to their natural eyes. They had fear in them. So God allowed the storm. So he wanted them to really see where they were. So they could be honest with themselves. They had fear in their heart. And they were afraid to die. But you can't work for God. You can't work in this kingdom if you're afraid to die. They were afraid to die. But I don't worry about that. I read in my Bible somewhere to be absent from the body is be present with the Lord. So I don't afraid afraid to die. Because if I'm absent in the body, I'm in the presence of the Lord and I am having a marvelous time. So I'm not afraid to die. But there are those who are afraid to die. But don't be afraid to die. Now in the storm, there was wind, sound, and energy, and power. And people were afraid. But you think about the day of Pentecost. It was wind, sound, and power. And that was a good sort of storm. The storm of the Holy Ghost. So even when I'm going through in life, I realize the Holy Ghost is in the storm with me. I can feel the presence of the Holy Ghost in there with me. And sometimes you realize you got to encourage yourself. Sometimes you in that storm, you have to, with all that power, you may have to speak a word to yourself. You may have to say, I am above and not beneath. If God be for me, who can be against me? God I serve is going to bring me out. And when he brings me out, I'm going to be more than a conqueror. So I'm going to go through the storm because God wants to take us to what will be. He wants us to be bold and fearless. And sometimes he'll let us go through these storms to build some boldness, to build some fearlessness. He wants us to be bold and fearless. And when you go through, you realize that I don't know how. I'm in the middle of this storm. Things are getting bad. This week we had some stuff that was going on, and I said, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but somehow I, I got to get through it because you're going to show me how to do it. And it's raging, and we had, I don't know if I was going to be able to make it. I worked so hard this past week. But then I remember in my hearing and reading the scripture, it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, hellhounds snapping on my heels, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. So I know that somehow, somehow, I'm going to make it through this thing. And disciples completely forgot. They completely forgot. They were looking at their fear. They were looking at the storm. But they completely forgot that Jesus was on the ship. And they woke him up and said, Master, don't you care that we perish? And Jesus shook off his sleep. He got up nonchalantly. He looked around. He didn't call down legions of angels. He looked around and he said, peace, peace be still. And immediately the storm ceased. It stopped and there was no more waves battering the ship. But if you take a closer look, let's dig down a little bit deeper. If you take a closer look, 
there was something else that was accomplished. At the same time he was talking to the storm, good God Almighty, he was speaking to their fear. He commanded the storm to have peace. And he commanded peace in the disciples' spirit. He was just doing that without all the fanfare. He said with those words that you don't have to worry, he said you don't have to have fear about anything. Because I will never leave you or forsake you. And whatever you're going through, I will be with you. And I say to you, just walk in my peace. Because when this storm is over, you're going to come out more than conquerors. You will be on top and not the bottom. And even with doing this, they were still befuddled. Because they said, what sort of man is this? that the sea and the winds obey they will. Well, let me tell you who this man is. It is the Alpha and the Omega. It is the beginning and the end. It is the bright and morning star. It is who who put the stars in the heaven. It is he who orders your footstep. It is he who knows the beginning from the end. It is he that sits high and looks low. He is the alpha. He is the everlasting and everlasting. He's your strong tower. He's the one that you run to when you got problems. What kind of man is this? This is God Almighty, Son Jesus, who came to free us from sin. What kind of man is this? This is the man that calmed the raging sea. This is the man that turned water into wine. This is the man that walks before you. This is the man that carries you on his back. This is the man that watches over you. This is the man that stopped that bullet. This is the man that squalls your heart. This is the man that moved that clock. This is the man that got rid of that headache. This is the man that saved that foot. This is the man that told you that everything is going to be all right. That's who this is. Who is this man? Who is this man that calm commands the sea and it listens? Who is this man? Who is this man? I'm trying to finish, but every time I think of the goodness of Jesus, every time I think of the goodness of Jesus, every time I think of the goodness of Jesus, my soul, my soul cries out, I got to finish. And after Jesus commanded the storm to be still, and they found themselves from what is to what would be, they're on the other side, they're on the other side. But there, there, something happened there. There was somebody on the side that couldn't help themselves. So they needed them to make this journey. They needed them to go through and over the sea of honesty and information to get to a place where God could use them in blessing this man. This man was a mess. He was a mess. As soon as he got out the boat, he came running to Jesus. This could be your daughter. It could be your son. It could be your husband, your wife. It comes running to Jesus. Been living in the, the cave and the tombs and cutting themselves and gnawing at people. And he's full of spirits. 
His family had come got him and, and took him back because he, he would run away and he, he'd come and, and, and they'd get him again and his family finally said, I don't know what we can do. He gave up. But while the family was giving up, Jesus was making a journey from what is to what will be. Somebody here is thinking, there is no hope for my family. There is no hope for my daughter, my son, my niece. There's no hope for my neighborhood. There's no hope for the, my work. But God said, if you can just get to what will be, if you can just keep pushing and get to what will be, you will be a blessing to somebody's family. If you could just wake up and be what God could have you to be. The city is waiting for you to get to the other side. The state is waiting for you to get to the other side. The world is waiting for you to get to the other side. Launch out. You got to face truth. You got to face your fears. You got to deal with it. I got my bags packed. I'm going to meet my destiny. I don't know if you're going or not. And I know sometimes when you read this scripture, you say, well, I got a word from God. And that is a word from God. But the problem is a lot of times people don't want to wait on the word from God. And they are looking for more. But let me tell you, you don't need a book. You don't need a paragraph. You don't need a sentence. All you need is one word from God. And when that word comes from God, if you grab hold of that word and you hang on to it, and that word's going to be manifested in your life, that's when you'll realize that you leave from the shore of what is to the shore of what will be, of what can be. Because as long as you got that word and you're on this shore, there's somebody over there waiting that needs your help. There's somebody over there waiting for you to come and speak a word in their life. There's somebody over there on the verge of just dropping and giving up. But if you could find your way to press through truth and get through fear, that person will have someone to bless him and help him get from what is to what will be. And if you read further in chapter 5, you see that this man was a mess. And the thing you need to understand is that God is not going to always have you ministering to the president or somebody that looked good. You may walk up on somebody and God say, minister to him. He may have bad breath. He may have on torn shoes. His clothes may stink. He may just be a total plumb mess. And he's not like everybody else. He's not like the people you're used to dealing with. But God says, I need you to get from where it is to what will be. Because that person there is on the verge of killing himself. And when he kills himself, and then the blood is on your head. And you don't want that. It's just a matter of getting from this shore where you are comfortable, comfort zone, I'm okay over here, to going and facing your truth dealing with your fear, and getting to the side that will be. Jesus said, let us go. Not I by myself. Not you by yourself. 
Storms may come. Storms may go. All hell may break loose. But I'm going. I'm getting off this shore of what is. Because it's becoming a shore of do nothingness. I'm getting comfortable. So I got my bags packed. I was going to tell you about going to the other side. That you got to prepare. You got to prepare by repenting. You got to prepare by sanctifying yourself. You got to prepare by getting in the word. But God gave me something different. And all that is important. You got to prepare yourself. You got to get ready. You going on vacation? Well, there may be some. Most people just don't jump in the car. They plan their route. They plan where they're going. They plan where they're going to eat. They plan how much they're going to spend. They plan when they're going to come back. They plan the gas stations where they're going to stop. You got a plan. So, yes, you do need to plan to go to the other side, to get on that ship, to get on that boat. You got to get yourself ready. So, please, I implore you. I implore you. Get off the shore of what is. Launch out and go to the shore of what will be. The city is waiting on you. Someone close to you is waiting on you. So launch out and go to the other side. Everybody stand. Thank you for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message, and we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org, or facebook.com slash at the fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 1030 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world. <laughs>